0: are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to Locked On Mariners, your home for daily Seattle Mariners news and analysis. Thank you so much for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today is Thursday, November 18th, 2021. I am your host, Titan Gonzalez, joined as always by my co-host, Colby Patnode. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. It's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z and Colby at C Pat 11 That's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon where we talk about the Mariners even more. Also get into some non-baseball talk twice a week. Visit patreon.com forward slash control zone for more information on that if you're interested. But on today's episode of Locked On Mariners, Jerry Depoto made his weekly appearance on 710 ESPN Seattle this morning and had a couple of interesting things to say there. We'll tell you all you need to know about that. Mariners also added three players to their 40-man roster to protect them from Rule 5 eligibility this morning. We'll talk about that, and we'll also talk about the Mariners' taking on some salary to maybe acquire a young player and, and, and limit the prospect capital that it would take to acquire that player and possibly Luis Castillo and the Reds We'll talk all about that later on in the show. And if you like what you hear, give the show a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this. We greatly appreciate it. So starting with Jerry DePoto today, talking to Mike Salk on 710 ESPN Seattle, saying that uh, some progress has been made with the free agents, that they have been targeting, that they have been coveting this offseason. So that's a good start. And that they have three to four visits set up with a few of those free agents over the next week before Thanksgiving. And it looks that it looks like Jerry DePoto will be hitting the road to make those visits as well. So, Colby, I'm going to put you on the spot right here right now and ask you, who do you think those visits are going to be paid to?
0: I mean, you would hope, or like, I guess we would hope that it's Story Simeon, you know, Conforto, uh, Gossman, you know, but who really knows? It, it, maybe it's Mark Canna. Maybe it's maybe it's Conforto. I don't know if Conforto's here, like in town. Um, I don't know where he lives in the off season. Uh, but uh, it's it's hard to know. Maybe it's Chris Taylor, like. I don't know who it is. I how would I have that information? Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if anybody like post pictures of like, oh Jerry Depoto's in San Antonio. You know who lives in San Antonio in the off season? Nobody. But I mean, you know what I mean. Like <laughs> I don't I don't know. Right. Um, I probably rule out Seiya Suzuki unless he's in the states. I I don't think Jerry's going across the Pacific Ocean the week of uh of Thanksgiving um for a one day sit down with the guy, but uh you know, maybe they like him that much. Um Kyle Seeger, definitely a possibility as well. Uh <laughs> just so you can knock on the door and be ignored. Um I'm gonna guess at least one of these though is one of the big guys. It's Story, it's Simeon, it's brian Um I'm gonna guess, Simeon. guess I would yeah. think so too. I, I think he still lives in the in the in the Bay Area. That'd be a pretty short trip. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think Simeon is, is probably one of them. It sounds like he's one of the few guys who would like to sign before the, the, the shutdown happens. And, and obviously we know Seattle's quite interested. So I would assume that one of them is Simeon. Um, but I would bet heavily that at least one of the trips is to see either story Simeon or Bryant and who knows, maybe that's three of the four. Um, Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's uh, nice to know that they're they're going out to visits uh, the week of Thanksgiving um, leads me to believe that they want to get something done uh, pretty right. quick. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, they just don't have that much time left after Thanksgiving with the CBA negotiations looming, the, the CBA's end looming on December 1st. And we assume that everything's going to come to a halt right after. So they got to get this stuff done here and they got to, they, they got to kind of expedite all of this. So yeah, I would assume that if he's, if he's going on visits, he's trying to finish something off. And uh, of course he, you know, he said that he talked to some free agents uh, or some agents of free agents at the uh, GM meetings a couple of weeks ago. And uh, they discussed uh, term length, not really money, but just term length fit, etc. Agents expressed interest in the Mariners and, and, felt that what the Mariners are doing right now and the year that they just had was interesting enough. Certainly some mutual interest here starting to grow between, uh, quite a few of the Mariners targets and the Mariners themselves. So hopefully this allows for them to cross the goal line for lack of a better term here on some of these deals and, uh, and get things, uh, push forward and finalize so they can finally make their first move of the offseason it's been a it's been a long wait it's been a long drought and uh and it's a little bit concerning with the you know obviously the the cba and all that stuff looming that you know you want to get as much as you can done before that happens and uh they they're they're still putting up a goose egg on the board right now in terms of uh moves that they made so um yeah, what what's your confidence then that over the next week the Mariners finally make something happen here?
0: Look, you know, I, I've been confident that things are gonna happen for the last, you know, few weeks and, and every time I say that nothing happens. Um, except, you know, each hero gets inducted into the team hall of fame or whatever. So uh yeah, it's I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get burned again, but it just feels like Seattle not only wants to, but they have to get something done. Before the shutdown, and if it's not going to be for role players, it has to be for for one of the the stars, quote unquote, that you think Seattle has interest in. So that would be Simeon Story or Bryant. Like you have to get one of those guys. If you're not going to before the break, you're not going to sign on. I don't know Suzuki and and I don't Alex Wood or whatever. Then you probably need to get into the go into the the shutdown with. With Simeon or Story or Bryant or one of those guys already already locked down, um, yeah, I just it feels like I have to.
1: Yeah, it's just a, it's a pretty big necessity. I mean, we talked about it on Tuesday with Marcus Simeon situation that you just you kind of have to make a statement here, especially if you're trying to, um, you know, garner interest in your destination and your team from other free agents to to make a statement like, hey, here's what we've already done. Right, and especially if the lockout lingers into February, March, and then there's just going to be a slew of moves being made once the lockout eventually comes to an end. You know, you got to get out ahead of that. You got to get in front of teams on that front and give free agents a reason to be like, "Hey, I I like what you're doing, and I want to sign with you, and I want to be a part of that." So, um, yeah, I I I think it's it's imperative that they get something done, at least with one of these guys that they're visiting, whoever that may be. And, uh, and just get on the board here and uh, move forward with that. Because I mean, you just, you just kind of have to, you're just, you're running out of time right now and you don't want to get to the point where the lockout happens and you've done nothing. And then when you, and then eventually, you know, cause we don't know if trades are still going to be able to be made during the lockout. Um, but you're you're not going to be able to sign anyone until February or March, most likely. And you just don't want to get there where you only have three weeks to go until spring training or whatever it's going to be. And, uh, and you got to scramble to sign guys. It's just, uh, that's just not the position you want to be in. That's not the position that a lot of teams want to be in, but especially the Mariners who aren't going to be able to just wow free agents on location and all that when there's the Yankees the Dodgers Red Sox all those teams you got to give them a reason and the only only way to do that is by adding talent so I just uh yeah I I look at this next week as a, a as a very 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 important one For the Mariners this offseason, maybe the most important week the Mariners will have all offseason if the lockout goes on for quite some time. If a lockout happens, of course, that's that's not finalized, but we all kind of expect it to to happen. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, The Mariners did make a couple moves this morning, though. Kind of minor, kind of to be expected. But we're going to get into those in just a moment. But real quick, want to remind you this episode of Locked On Mariners is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. So today was the final day for the Mariners to protect players from the Rule 5 draft, all their Rule 5 eligible guys uh, from the Rule 5 draft being selected in that in December. Not sure if that'll still happen or not with the uh, with the lockout. I would assume not, but usually that happens at the winter meetings. Uh, but today, the, the Mariners protecting Julio Rodriguez, Alberto Rodriguez, and Ray Kerr from Rule 5 Eligibility. Kerr, of course, hard-throwing lefty. Alberto Rodriguez, the outfield prospect who's popped up in a lot of people's top 10s now for the Mariners uh, who was acquired in the Uh, Taiwan Walker trade with the Blue Jays uh, about a year ago, and uh, obviously you guys know Julio. I think the first thing that we need to acknowledge here, Colby, before we get into the rest of these moves, is that this doesn't at all mean anything for Julio Rodriguez's chances of making the Major League Club. This had to happen. He was Rule 5 eligible. They had to protect him.
0: Yeah. Um, I wouldn't read too much into it other than uh, you know... (laughs) Other than it's it's official, which we already knew it was going to be. Uh, to me, Julio oh. is the least uh, the least interesting ad here because we all knew it was going to happen. So I mean, it, there's really not much to add here. It doesn't change his timeline or anything like that. Um, yeah. So to me, he was actually like the least interesting one. The other two guys who were added are are certainly interesting, and I wouldn't have considered them to be like obvious ads. I, I think they were both. Yeah. Uh, kind of borderline guys, and and it's interesting that they got added to the forty man, um, which by the way now sits at thirty nine. So they still have a uh, they still have a free spot. But as we've discussed in the past, it's really easy to to clear forty man spots, and, and there's no real roster crunch, um, despite what what Jerry will tell you. Um, mm-hmm. There really isn't a roster crunch. So don't don't worry; these guys aren't taking away spots from from guys who deserve it more so to speak
1: i'm pretty surprised about alberto rodriguez quite frankly because i mean the guy hasn't played above high a ball and even when he played at high a ball this year he slashed 20 208 321 250 and that was just in seven games by the way so I don't know. I just I, I didn't really think there was much of a threat there for a team to to pick him up and carry them and carry him on a, on their twenty six man roster. And even if, and even if they did, you know, and this is kind of the same thing for another player that they did not protect, Sam Carlson, um, who's also in that you know uh, in a in a similar range there in terms of where he's at in his development. I mean, I just don't think that either guy would would really survive that for a whole season on a, on someone's twenty six man roster, whether it's. Even if it's a bad team like Baltimore or what have you, was that surprising to you?
0: Um, a a little bit, but I mean, they obviously like Rodriguez a lot. Um, twenty just turned twenty one years old. Uh, he he dominated Modesto, and again, granted, that's that's a yeah. ball. Um, but again, he Lovely, dominated it. Right, he dominated it uh, after not playing at all in twenty twenty. Uh, he was maybe the best player in that league. He fifteen, uh, sorry, fifteen stolen bases, ten home runs, you know, three eighty three on base at th- four eighty four slugging hit two ninety five. Um, look, there there are some things that Rodriguez needs to work on. I don't. It's not that he's close to the big leagues. He's not. He's probably at least a year and a half away. Uh, but there's some legitimate tools here, and and you wonder if uh if what's the uh the Badu, right? The, uh, from the Tigers. Akil Badu. Right? Yeah. I yes. Badu. Yeah. He was kind of similar, uh, a lot of skill, but kind of, you know, far away. And, uh, somebody took a shot on him and he was actually good, um, you know, very valuable. So it, it's, if you like the guy that much and you don't want to risk losing him, then put him on your 40 man because, like we said, they really don't have a crunch there. Kevin Padlow is still on the 40 man. I mean, like there are plenty of other ways that you plenty of other guys, you can cut, right. Et cetera, et cetera, et
1: cetera.
0: Right. And I mean, you could, you could non tender Dylan Moore, you know, you know what I mean? It's just like, there are plenty of easier cuts to make. So if you, if you had an inkling that maybe your guy might get taken, then protect him. Why not? I, I, I feel like Seattle's Seattle has a pretty good track record of knowing when other teams might take their, their rule five guys, because, can you think of a rule five player who's been taken from Seattle in the last few years? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, nobody really comes to mind. So it seems anyone. like they've done a pretty good job. It seems like they've done a pretty good job of, of just knowing the market for their own players. And so if they do this, I assume it's because they know that somebody was willing to try it. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, you don't want to stunt the guy's development by having him go to a different team and and them asking him to try something else. And then if it doesn't work, then you have to try and refix it. Um, so no, I, I it was a little bit surprising at first, but I, I totally get it. I mean, the the guy's a really talented player. He might be, he might have the best hit tool and power tool that we're not talking about in the system. And then there's
1: Kerr, who. Uh, I felt ha- was the one guy in the Mariners system that was rule five eligible that had a, a pretty decent shot of getting taken. They do protect him, mid to upper nineties uh, from the left side. That's fairly rare uh, in terms of lefty relievers uh, obviously has, you know, average thirteen point nine one case per nine and in, uh, in AAA just 11 innings there, but three uh, 13.5 uh, case per nine in uh, 28 and two thirds innings pitch down in double a as well this year uh, misses a lot of bats. Like I said, the velocity and all that stuff, it's pretty interesting. So, you know, they, they've invested a little bit here into Kerr in, in terms of just protecting him. Uh, so what do you think about Kerr? And what do you think about Kerr in terms of helping this team in 2022?
0: I think he's certainly going to, to pitch for the Mariners at some point this year, assuming health and and all that um would i have been would it have been a bad thing if he got taken no not necessarily he throws very hard he's a lefty who throws hard and there's some pretty good things happening with the breaking ball um but is it's not like he is a a high leverage guy, you know, like he, that's not who he's going to be, at least not yet. Maybe he turns into that. Maybe the Mariners think he can be, that's really not what he is. He doesn't have the breaking ball quite yet to pull that off. Um, so really he's still a project, but they did promote him to triple a at the end of the year. Um, and so they clearly believe in him. And Mm -hmm. again, if you believe in a guy and you have the roster spot, why not add him? It's fine. Especially if there's a shot, somebody can take him. Um, there's right. a pretty good shot that he is better than Aaron Fletcher right now. So why not? Fletcher's protected on the 40-man, and, and if you have to make a move, then you could DFA Fletcher, and, and you have Kerr there to replace him. So um, none of these really surprised me too much. Um, obviously, Julio was fine, and Kerr I get, although I, I'm i not a huge fan of Ray Kerr. I mean, I, I just think his, his upside is limited. Um, and Rodriguez right. certainly has high enough upside that I get wanting to protect him. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, this was mostly as expected. I'm a little surprised maybe that they picked Kerr over Devin Sweet. Uh, I think Sweet has a little bit more upside. Doesn't throw as hard, but the changeup is it's 80 grade sometimes. So I thought maybe they should have protected Sweet. But uh, other than that, this is there's there are no surprises here, no shocking Uh, decisions either way about not protecting anybody or protecting somebody. So
1: earlier we talked about Jerry DePoto visiting some free agents, but of course the trade market is still going to be a big part for him this off season. We're going to talk about some creative ways uh, Jerry DePoto could add some talent via the trade market in just a moment. So Colby, you and I have pretty much exhausted every single Avenue that Jerry DePoto could take with this off season from free agents from trades. And, and I mean, because you kind of have to with Jerry DePoto, the, the guy is not going to leave any stone unturned here. And uh, one thing that's been coming up as of late, and he even talked about this today on Seven Ten, uh, was taking on some money, taking on someone's contract to limit the prospect value that he would have to give up to get the, you know, the main piece of, of the deal that he's, you know, uh, Doing, right? So like the the main um, example that's been thrown around as of late is acquiring Red's right-handed pitcher, Luis Castillo, and taking on third baseman slash second baseman Mike Moustakis' deal. And I believe he's making like $16 million a year over the next two years to help limit the cost of that, of, of acquiring Castillo and also getting a guy who might be a pretty solid bounce back candidate at a position of need. So, what do you think about that idea in general—the Mustakis Castillo deal—and then just the the general idea of it uh, uh, of just taking on money to get you know a big piece?
0: It's certainly something that Jerry would consider. Obviously, he said that, uh, but I think it's also something that Jerry would actually go out and look for because, again, you know, there's there's he has money. Right, But it's not a great free agent class, uh, particularly for starting pitching. So when you look at it in particular for that Castillo deal, Housakis was bad in 2021. But aside from that, he's been a steady and consistently average third baseman, uh, average player in general. He's played some second base. Um, He's better at second base than Ty Francis. But I mean that's not saying much. Uh, but he's probably still a an average third base baseman, fringe average. And the bat again, aside from last year, has been relatively safe and consistent. Um, right. So yeah, he's probably going to hit 240. He's probably going to put up a 315 on base, and he's probably going to slug somewhere between 460 and 500. Uh, he's still a valuable player despite having the bad year. He's just not worth his contract, especially not to a team. Like the red. So Moustakis and Castillo together makes a lot of sense for Seattle um, because you could fill two holes. Um, at the very least, Moustakis is a lateral move from Seeger. I would say he's better than Seeger still, but at the very least, it's a lateral move. And then you get the huge upgrade in the rotation uh, without having to give up, presumably, Hancock, Ford, whatever. Um, so that particular instance, I think it makes sense in terms of like the overall idea of it. It's fine, but I don't think you can take on a contract of a player that's not valuable to you. So what I mean, you know, using the Reds as the example right. again here, is that Mustakis helps you, so it's fine to take on his contract. Shogo Akiyama has no value to you, so why take on his contract? So the player that the player whose salary you're absorbing. Has to be a benefit to you as well if I'm going to make a move like mm-hmm. this.
1: Are there any other deals though that you've thought about with uh, w- with this strategy that might make some sense? I know Joe Doyle of uh, Lookout Landing and uh, Prospects Live put out some ideas uh, today, but uh, have there been any others that you've you've thought about?
0: Um, no, you know uh, Joe's list was pretty comprehensive of of where I was at. Um, you know, you the listener might not know this, but I, I've been. I don't know, pitching's the right idea, but I've been interested in, in the Will Myers uh, type of acquisition here uh, for the last few months. Uh, the dude can still hit. I mean, mm-hmm. he's a bad defender, but hey, you know what? Again, so is Mitch Haniger. So um, you need the outfield help. Uh, you need the bat, and, and that's a guy who maybe you could take on. Um, I think he's got one year left at $20 million. Um, might be two. Uh, another guy that I, I don't know if, if I can't remember if Joe mentioned on this list, but same team. What about somebody like you Darvish? Um, right. He was pretty bad last year, but he's got one year left to $20 million. You know, is that something that you could, you could absorb to get, I don't know, insert whatever young pitcher you want in there. Um, maybe. So uh, yeah, I, I like the Will Myers thing. Uh, he's got one year left uh twenty two and a half million with a one million dollar buyout. Um you Darvish, very similar. So uh somebody like one of those two guys I think could make sense because again the player whose contract you're buying still has value to your twenty twenty two major league roster. And I, I think that's the key. I think it could work with just about anybody so long as the player whose salary you're you're absorbing can still help your twenty twenty two team. Don't just absorb yeah. trash uh, to lower the prospect cost. That that's a waste of money, and even though it's not our money, it's still a waste of Jerry Depoto's money. And he does have a budget, so you have to keep in mind that Jerry is working with a budget. So that when you say, "Well, it's not my money," you're not wrong, but it is less money that Jerry has to spend on somebody else. So you have to you can't just take money willy nilly. Um, it has to still make sense for your ball club.
1: It has to be someone that's gonna help me this year. It has to. I don't I'm not interested in practically setting fifteen million dollars or ten million dollars or whatever it's going to be on fire just for the sake of getting a specific player. Like I would like someone that can help me. So if that's Donaldson, if that's Mustakas, I feel good about those guys helping me next year. Even someone like Mustaka who Again, had a down year last year, but besides that, has been pretty good at the plate. So I like taking a chance on that, and I like taking a chance on someone that might be a solid bounce-back candidate, that a team is maybe more uh, inspired to to move on from. I think that's really an yeah. interesting avenue for them to take, and they have the financial flexibility to do it. M- might as well use that to your advantage.
0: Yeah, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, look, like Akiyama is making 10 million, right? That's just the example I've been using. And Luis Castillo is worth 17 or is worth seven. I think this year. So is Luis Castillo by himself worth 17 million? Probably. But is he worth 17 million and Brandon Williamson, Connor Phillips and Alberto Rodriguez? Probably not because again, Akiyama Akiyama like hurt you. He's not, he's not an asset. He, he hurts you. So, and you're probably not going to feel comfortable just DFAing him. Um, so yeah, it has to make sense for Seattle, uh, to have, it has to make Mm -hmm. sense for the player Seattle is acquiring to help them in 2022, or it's just, it's a non-starter for me, at least right now. All
1: right. right. Well, that's, uh, that's going to do it for our show. So thank you so much for joining us here on Locked On Mariners. For Colby Patteno and I'm Tidy Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. That's D-A-N-E, G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at C Pat 11 That's C-P-A-T-1-1. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do every day. Assuming that Jerry Depoto doesn't do anything between now and tomorrow, we'll be doing Fan Fiction Friday. So be sure to send us your Mariners mock trades on Twitter or via email. That's LockedOnMariners at gmail.com. We'll read each and every one and grade them on the show tomorrow. And in the meantime, make your second list of the day, Locked on Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. And just like us, their show is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we'll see you tomorrow.